in this episode of Novel Predictions, Kales and Allison go off the rails. Anyway, yes, let's go to our questions now. Um, Back now that we're we, done rambling. We warned you it was going to be a tangent <laughs> episode. Sorry. Um, sorry, not sorry. Welcome to Novel Predictions. I'm Kales, and this month I'm rereading Anna and the French Kiss. And I'm Allison, and I'm reading it for the very first time. I'm excited to share this book with you. I'm a little nervous after reading the first seven chapters again, but this book was written over 10 years ago, and (laughs) I just am like, oh God. But it's it's still going to be cute. Yeah, I don't, I have, I was a little scared afraid when we realized how old it was and that it's romance that it would be problematic but so far it hasn't been problematic really right um it's very i mean you can tell like the era that it is oh for fucking sure but it's interesting because in 2010 i was 17 right um i was 18 and and you were 18 so like that's kind of fun because it's like the same age we were then so it's kind of reminiscent um a little bit yeah i read this book when i was 20 when i yeah that's how i discovered this book was i went to my very first convention leaky con in 2012 which was two years after this book had come out and i my friend surprised me because i didn't want to go at first because it sounded too loud and too horrible and she was like look at all these authors that are coming and I was like, oh, that's really cool. And so she bought me, like, the literary circuit pass to go with mm-hmm. her. Like, that was the add-on. And Stephanie Perkins was one of the authors. And me being the extreme nerd that I was, I read at least one book by every single author that was going to be there. Holy shit. But it was like, this panel was like, Holly Black, Lainey Taylor, Maureen Johnson, John Green, Stephanie Perkins, Lev Grossman. Like, that's who was there. It wow. was... It was like the prime group of what like YA 2000s authors. Like it was a yeah. dream come true for me. Um and so that's why that's how I discovered Anna and the French Kiss and I still have my old copy that has Stephanie's signature in it. She said, what'd she say? She said never stop wishing on stars. So how cheesy. Yeah, but I know. Cute. <laughs> so that's how I discovered this book. Um, I wanted to give you something that was a little bit sappier and sadder, and I still have that book on my list. But with the way that the world is right now, I can't do it. I cannot yeah. do it. Yeah, cannot. We needed something light and like fun and happy and smiley and not sad. Exactly. Yeah. I'm. I so far think I like it. Oh yeah. I mean, it's I. I'm a romance reader, so like I appreciate the romance of it. I am. I have some fears for what may be coming, because um, I don't like cheating tropes, and I don't like yeah love triangle tropes, and both of those seem to be a possibility. So that scares me. Um, but other than those two little things, like I, I, I like. St. Clair, like, he's a good hero or whatever. Right. Like, he's an interesting person mm-hmm. um, to, to be the romantic lead. Um, Anna is 
fine. She's. A, <laughs> I didn't remember how neurotic she was. Yeah, she's very, very neurotic. Like, annoyingly so. I'm hoping she... I mean, obviously, a big part... This, again, this is another trope that will come up, but, like, it's one of those boy teaches girl how to be less... Neurotic. Neurotic yeah. tropes. Like, He's the manic whatever. pixie dream boy. Yeah. Um, so... So I feel like that is part of this, going to be part of the story. Um, but I also think, like, at the very beginning when she's all like, oh, this sucks. I have to go to fucking Paris. I was like, okay. Like, maybe take one step back. Like, right. I get that you have to leave your friends and, like, that does suck. But, like, mm, let's maybe consider the fact that you get to be in Paris for a year also. Also, is her dad supposed to be Nicholas Sparks? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Just checking. I thought that was pretty funny. Yes, her dad's supposed to be Nicholas Sparks, which is just hilarious when you think about it. Well, especially um, having worked with Nicholas Sparks. He's a douche. Yeah. I'm not afraid to say that anymore because he's a complete and utter douchebag. He's rude as fuck to any, like, people he deems lesser than him. He'll, like, turn it on for his fans. And he makes you think that he's this, like, swoony 50-year-old white male and instead, he's a dick to every single person who has to work with him. Yeah. yeah. The minute like- that there's a customer out of sight, he turns it off and he's a rude bastard. We had a library event with him um, when we worked together and it was reportedly very bad. So It was awful. Um, so th- the fact that he's like a smarmy Nicholas Sparks type in this book is really funny because I kind of feel like Stephanie Perkins might have met Nicholas Sparks maybe. Um that would have been hilarious. Like, because, I mean, she doesn't describe, she's not very kind to her father. Like, doesn't sound like he's a great guy. Nope. So, yeah, I think that's pretty funny. I mean, his um, name is Jason Ashley. Like, come on now. Yeah. Let's be real here. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I think, I mean, I'm enjoying it. It's, like, a nice little romance. Um, yeah. And it's which in is, France. kind of great. And France is fun. And I like that. The French chef was like, you do know I speak English and you can talk to me. Oh, my gosh. That was. (laughs) It's like, yes, it's an American school. Right. And she was like, I've been only eating bread for a week because I was too scared to talk to the French chef. And now he told me he speaks English. So that's great. That's so funny. I don't really know, like, what kind of predictions I'm going to have. Because it's not like. Yeah. A big adventure, seemingly. Um, it's, I mean, it's a 300 and some page book, so shit's got to happen. Yeah. But also like most of the romance novels I read are 300 pages long. So like, <laughs> this is true. And not a lot happens in those, but just, um, just write a romance novel, like pretend what dates they're going on. And, and you know, I guess that's true. I guess I could predict it as if I was predicting like a Penny Reed novel. Yeah. You know, like, is she going to, you know, are they going to. They're, where, like the way that when I, are they gonna when are they gonna break up and get back together? Yeah, you know when, where does their first kiss take place? Where does you know maybe we need to have an entirely different um, set of questions for um, romance novels. <laughs> <laughs> you know um, how is the rom com gonna go? You know when does yeah. when does the ex boyfriend show up? When does the you know well, when do they get fucking showed up just now? The end of the chapter we read. He called her, and she was, like, about to go out with St. Clair. Yep. And that's where you made me stop. I was very upset this I morning when I was listening to it. Love you. I think <laughs> I you, like, is that why? why you... Is that why you texted me, and you were like, 
through chapter seven, right? <laughs> no, I texted that before because I didn't want to like get it wrong listen too far and then fuck up your whole plan but it's yeah okay. i but once that happened i was like for real well but this is where you're making me stop i am but you know <laughs> if you think about it also there's like the whole there's the there's the friends and the the bit you know she's got to have some sort of life lesson and like love herself yeah, for sure. so for sure. i just don't know if there's gonna be like I don't know how well I'll I'll be interested to see how I answer the questions when I get to them. I I push it. I'm too. Uh, I am too. But I'm <laughs> I mean in all honesty, like I'm enjoying it. It's a fun. It's just a. It's called Anna and the French Kiss for fuck's sake. Like it's not. Yeah. You know exactly what you're getting into. Like, um, the cover that I have is like a girl sitting on. This is so weird because the girl sitting on the bench, you can see her, and her hand is like really close to this male hand, but then you don't see the dude. You just see his shoulder, and then there's like the Eiffel Tower in the background, and it's like this grassy area. And I totally understand why they fucking changed it, but like, I don't know. It's so, I don't know. She's like staring longingly at a shoulder. It doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> and then we talked about last time that like Cassandra Clare blurbed it on the front. And yeah, then like a weird pick. Yeah. And then like Gail Foreman also did it. <laughs> also blurbed yeah, it. Those are strange I know. choices. And Lisa McMahon, who is a sci fi writer. And it's just like but so then they do have Maureen Johnson and Lauren Miracle on here, but it's just like, what the fuck? Like really? <laughs> it was just like, let's get the hottest way authors. I feel like- the way world was a lot smaller in 2010 maybe i think it had to have been well and if you think about the, like the authors that i met in 2012 like who they managed to get like i can't i don't know it just feels like that it didn't explode in the same way mm-hmm. and that was eight years ago you know it i don't know it feels like that all the people i just mentioned are huge names now like the bookstore would die to get all of those people in one fucking room right but i'm not so sure I don't know. And a lot of them have changed their tune. Like Maureen Johnson writes mysteries now. Stephanie Perkins doesn't write these cutesy romances anymore. She writes um, like thrillers, thriller horrors that are actually really shitty. Um, But maybe that's just because I'm not educated in that genre. Every time I read them, I'm just like, this is so stupid. It's just not your genre. I feel like I don't. It's not really my genre either. but 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 what's funny is I'll read like gothic novels from like the 1800s or like I just read Mexican Gothic, which was a fucking amazing but I can't read, like, this teenage killer horror shit. I'm just yeah, like, but you wouldn't want to watch that movie either. So I feel like No, that's, I don't. That, that's the thing. Like, if you wouldn't want to watch the movie of that, you're not going to want to read the book of that. But that was something that I was thinking about, too, is that, like, because I think about it all the time, I'm like, wouldn't it be really great if romance novels were actually turned into movies and they actually included the sex scenes and it was, like, women's porn that was, like, actually enjoyable for the female? Um, and, they, you know, kind of like how Outlander has, like, all of that stuff. It would be tastefully done or whatever. But I was thinking about it and I was like, Oh, well, rom-coms are kind of like romance novels. They follow the same tropes. It's just, you know, it's kind of like PG-13 sex where it's like fade to black and shit. But then I was like, you know why I hate those movies? The acting is shit. Yeah. And I was like, if we could get some quality actors up in here, maybe it would feel better. But there's this new one on Netflix I want to watch called like Love, Marriage, Repeat with Olivia Munn and Yeah, it's like, and it's like Groundhog Day of romance, rom-coms, right? Yeah. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Which which is, though, it sounds very copycat to About Time, which is the British one, where he, like, Mm. repeats his relationship with the Bill from Harry Potter, repeats his relationship with Rachel McAdams, so. Yeah, I love rom-coms, so we definitely differ there. Oh, no, no, I love them, too. I just think that, like, 
most of the acting is shit. Tell me about yeah. I'll, I'll watch them all day, even like the ones that terribly objectify people that are really not out of touch nowadays. Yeah. yeah, like I, as much as I hate to admit it in the current like mentality of the world, I love Katherine Heigl rom-coms and like one of my favorites is the worst one, which is... Um, 27 Dresses. 27 Dresses. Yes! Is a, definitely one of my absolute favorites, but then also um, The Ugly Truth Oh, I haven't seen that one with Gerard Butler. Yeah, so that one is, like, super objectifying and very, like... Terrible. Take the girl's glasses off and she's hot. Like, that kind of... Oh, yeah, like, she's all that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But also, it's so cute and I love it, so... Well, yeah, like, I... You know, for years, I was obsessed with, like, 10 Things I Hate About You and... I mean, not 10 Things I Hate About You. Um, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Yeah. That's what I was thinking of. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, you know, Made in Manhattan. That was like... Oh, I love Made in Manhattan. Like when Ralph, all-time faves. Like when Ralph Fiennes became Voldemort, I was like, I'm sorry, what? You're like, no, he's, no, he's, he's the romantic He's lead. the romantic guy. He's Schindler's List. I don't understand. How is he supposed to be... He's not Schindler's List. Yet He's the evil guy in Schindler's List. Um, But I was like, I don't understand. He's like... He's in Made in Manhattan, you know, and... He's and, like the sweet rich guy yeah and like wedding planner i mean wedding planner i mean he super glues the the statue's dick to his hand like what who what that doesn't happen you know so i'll watch it i just always feel like the acting is just terrible like i just don't feel like there's a reason that they're not people don't take it seriously for some reason but no i'll i mean the one that i have a biggest problem with is you've got mail because i never understood why she could fall in love with him when he put her out of business i just never got it I feel like that's a common trope in, like, Hallmark-level movies, Yeah. Too. But, I mean, that's, I, that's Meg Ryan I, and Tom Hanks right there. I know. But it's, like, that trope is still active in, like, a Hallmark. Yeah. Which I... Don't get me wrong. I love a good Hallmark Christmas rom-com. Um, I don't know why, but it's got to be Christmas. It. I don't need it any other time of year. Yeah. <laughs> like, just Christmas. Just Only Christmas. Because I literally watch, like all of them during Christmas. I'll watch like one a day. But there's like this Um, one that was like on Netflix too that had um, uh, the one of the sexy men from Magic Mike the New Zealand fuck. No, he's, I always know him from the Alex Ryder movie but nobody ever watched that movie because it was like Aragon that was like one of those terrible middle grade books turned into a movie that just nobody watched. Um, And and it's called Falling in Love, like I N N. Oh yes, I love that movie. I love that movie too. <laughs> yeah, where she like wins a yes. she wins a B and B like yes. in Australia, and then he helps her fix it up. So good, right? And so that's what I'm saying. Like th- that's a classic romance novel turned into a movie right there. So like yeah. you know what you're getting into, but it's just I don't know. I in my head I just was like. I, I don't know. I like the steaminess in romance novels. It'd be nice if those were there too. Don't get me wrong. The cutesy and the hijinks are great, but okay. Right. You know, I don't know, but yeah. Um, or I, I, I also just want more Regency ones. Like, and maybe I just yeah. need to watch like other than Austin. Like, yeah. On. Like I, I mean, maybe I need to just watch, um, fuck like the Tudors or, or, well, they're uh, turning Lisa Klippa's like Brigadon series into a TV show. Oh, they are? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, see, that's so what that's I want. something. I would, if I could get, like, a Sarah McLean like, TV show. I'm sorry. If we need Tessa Dare. If we could or get Tessa the Dare, governess yeah. game, the governess game, Wallflower Wager, like, those, I would. Or a movie. They, I would take a movie. I don't need a TV show. I'll I take need... four, I'll take four Netflix movies that are adaptations mm-hmm. of each of those books. Fuck yes, any day. Yeah, so good. 
Well, and I would, and I thought the same way too, bringing it back to actually what we're supposed to be talking about, which is Anna and the French Kiss. But I would have taken that too. Like I would have loved Anna and the French Kiss and Lola and the Boy Next Door and Isla and the Happily Ever After to be like three DCOM original movies. You know what I mean? Well, and it seems in the, in the era now of like the, to all the boys I loved before Netflix movies, there would be perfect adaptations for that. That's, it falls under the exact same umbrella. It's the exact same umbrella, except to all the boys I loved before what that did to elevate it was one it featured a main character of color and two it also like I don't know these books make the parents disappear but something about what to all the boys I loved before was like made it very central on the boyfriend with her and Peter and blah 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 but also had like this really great family element but all these Mm -hmm. other like teen rom-coms like this just make absentee parents or like locks them away in boarding school in France yeah yeah well and I think uh, by the way we're probably going to be very tangential this entire episode because we're all in quarantine so and yeah we yeah welcome to quarantine podcast (laughs) anyway so um for to all the boys I loved before I feel like the relationship and I have not read those books I will preface I read Um, the first two and I was so upset by the ending of the second one that I never finished the third I have the third and I probably should read it because I I want to watch the movies I haven't seen the second movie yet. Either. Oh my I gosh, just... it's so good! But I'm okay, also I I'm in love. I haven't heard with... anything about it yet. Oh my god, I'm in love though with Jordan Fisher because he was on Dancing with the Stars, and I loved him on that, and he won, and he was so great. So him being in this now, and he was in Hamilton before then, which really means he should not have been on Dancing with the Stars. Beside the point, is that John Ambrose? Yes. Okay, I don't know actors' names, so oh yes, John Ambrose. Yes. Um, yeah, so, the, but in the first one, like, there's such a huge emphasis on her relationship with her sisters. I know. Which is so cute and good and It's beautiful. the whole thing in the book. It, it yeah. stays that way. That's one of the things I loved about To All the Boys I Loved Before was the family aspect. Like, her relationship with her sisters was huge. And the fact that, like, this traumatic experience of your family, you know, her mom dies, but then also, you know, like, her older sister is going away. That's a huge right. break in the family dynamic. As someone who experienced it, I was the sister that went away to college, but still, like, that it was just really great. And that's why they stepped it up. So this was, like, the prototype that led to the level of To All the Boys I Loved Before. Um, Yeah, it's, like, it's that same, like, rom-com, but super sweet and, like, but, uh, like, four teenagers, not... I mean, I don't know. It just seems like like now we, there's this whole argument of like, are YA writers writing for teens or are they writing for adults? Um, this the, this one is really writing for teens. And I distinctly yeah. remember Stephanie Perkins talking about it in this panel. And I, I never will forget this. It was one of my favorite panels they ever did that I ever, ever, ever saw, even in the you know dozens of cons I've been to since, was they had writers bring their old bad writing and mm. read it aloud. That's awesome. And so Stephanie Perkins brought all of her journals because she married her like high school, middle school sweetheart mm-hmm. and is still in love with them to this day. But she read them out loud. And why like I'm forgiving Anna being so neurotic is because it's the same fucking voice. Like, yeah, after it's I, her as a teenager. It's her as a teenager. And it, but it is a teenager way of thinking. And and that's the thing is that, yeah, we're adults examining YA and we're going to examine it through our adult lens. But if you really look at this audience that Anna and the French Kiss was written for, it's going to relate. It's going to fit with them. And that's, I think, one thing that YA from 10 years ago did really well. Unfortunately, now their audience has grown up. So in trying to keep with their audience, they probably elevated it a little bit with age and grit. And you know what I mean? But 
like i don't know that's just my theory on it but i just but it was one of the funniest fucking panels ever she's reading her loud like her seventh grade journal oh my god uh, it was and I then Lainey Taylor's like reading these old poems that are still like making us weep. And she's like, this is shit. But like, here's some language. And you're just like, oh, my God, you're so talented. <laughs> and Stephanie's like, he threw a pencil at my head today and I kept it. And it was, amazing. <laughs> you know, like this is like the shit she's telling us. It's fan fucking tastic. Well, and that's what I was going to say about Anna is like she is annoying to me. Like her neuroses are really extreme, but I also relate to them like a lot like she said and i literally said this earlier where she i was like get over yourself and go to paris like you're going to paris yeah when when i was in middle school i went to ireland with my family and i on my zanga page (laughs) my my zanga blog oh god wrote wrote a post about how pissed i was that i was being dragged to ireland and not getting to spend time with my friends that summer like right so it's real it's just annoying a terrifying mirror into my past (laughs) well and if you can imagine for her senior fucking year of high school like that's that's, that to me was like the kicker where i was like okay girl i can sympathize i get it sucks because i gosh like i had friends that were ripped away at their senior year of high school like it it's not great for the psyche and well and especially because in the book like there's no real reason other than her dad trying to create like personal clout is what she's saying so that is i could see being incredibly angry um especially when she's like was about to date some guy yeah and she got ripped away from her best friend and all these things. So I get it. But also it's one of those things where I'm like, I get it. But also, wow, was I this annoying? Probably. Yeah. And it's not fun. It's easier to just like be annoyed at Anna than it is to be like, oh, I was a little shit. Yeah, exactly. It's easier to just be like, you suck than for me to be like, we all sucked. We all sucked. That actually, we all all sucked. (laughs) This is going to take a dark turn and I'm sorry, but that makes me think of the, um, I watched the Amanda Knox documentary on Netflix which is like Amanda Knox is like fucking on the documentary talking and the opening is like you know I believe in my innocence and blah 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 this is the girl who supposedly killed the other girl in Italy the American exchange student oh okay okay so you remember that story right Mm -hmm. okay so that's who this is so she's like but here's the thing is that either you know because if if I'm guilty then I'm crazy and for some people that's easier to see because if I'm innocent then this could happen to anyone. She's like, either I'm a psychopath or I'm you. And I was just like, I don't like this anymore. No, 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 no. no, no. no. And I was like, oh, but then I kept watching it because I was like, oh, that was a really good writing. I was like, oh, that had really great desired effect. Like that was really, you know, and it's it's a (laughs) great documentary. But that's what it made me think of is that it's like, oh, it's just easier to fucking blame Anna. And then you're like, oh, no, wait, I was annoying. I was, I was that person. I was that person. So, And I I definitely would have been the person who, like, was too scared to, like, go out at night. Like, yeah, at night, but, but like, to be, like, in put myself in Paris. Like, you know, she's being – she's about to be dragged to do that. I would, I would also have been the person just in my dorm room, like, not engaging. So it's yeah. hard to be mad at her about that, too. No, I think about it – very similarly um i think i think it's a little different i was i definitely would have been the kid that was like out exploring because i have always wanted to have like an under the tuscan sun experience in my life where i'm just like dump me in a country somebody pick me up and like mentor me so i can be more cultured and happier and discover myself and 
you know, and I'm just like actively searching for serendipitous moments, which is just not how it works. <laughs> yeah. That like I would have totally been like, I'm going to go do all the things, um, which is what I tried to do when my class went to Italy when I was 14. Um, instead of going to like Washington, D.C., I went to a really weird school where we went to Italy as our senior trip. And I kept trying to do like all these weird things. And my teacher was really nice. And she was like, Michaela, I love how like cultured you're trying to be and stuff. But we have to like stick to the schedule. (laughs) It was the one time in (laughs) my life that I was like, I don't want to. I want to go this way. Like, let me go. Let me go do this. Um, But no, I, I. I don't know. I think that it's just very clearly written for teens. And I think that yeah, if which we, is great. And I love that about it. Like, yeah. And I think if we can just have that mindset throughout the rest of it, that like, yeah. we'll just enjoy it. And yeah, because th- that's what it's supposed to be. It's nothing more than just candy. Right. So now the things that I'm scared of are. Yes. Um, I'm very I do not deal well with cheating. Yeah. I'm, and like, it's probably going to happen. Yeah. Like, he's, it's already emotionally happening like, yeah. to me. So I'm like, oh, please stop. Like, just go break up with your girlfriend real quick, and then this will be all great. Like, that was the one thing about um, Fangirl that I had oh. trouble with. Yeah. Like, with that relationship, what, like, kind of put me off from them for a while was, like, that it felt cheaty in that first section because of whatever her roommate Right. Um, and even though it like ended up being a misunderstanding, it still just like didn't feel right. Yeah, it's icky. It like it makes me feel like don't un- don't ever read the Mortal Instruments series then because in the first book they're told that they're siblings and in the second book they decide to still keep kissing. Great. They're not siblings. <laughs> but they don't know that. But they don't know that. Instead they <laughs> actively fucking choose to keep being romantically involved. I mean, that's not cheating, but also that's weird. It's disgusting. Yeah, um, but so there's that, and that scares me. And then also the fact that her like is it Mar Marnie? Yeah, That's the the friend's name. Um, that she clearly likes the boy too. Oh yeah, the volleyball player. Yes, the, the roommate who's not a roommate. Yeah, they're like across the hall roommate. Yeah, um, Meredith. She, it starts with an M. And Meredith. I'm so I, it's Meredith. Okay, Meredith. Um, but they call her Mare. Mare. That's right. So Mare obviously likes him too and so and she uh, Anna's already acknowledged like he's off limits even if he didn't have a girlfriend because Mare likes him and like clearly he's not going to be off limits so something is going to happen there yeah so those things are scaring me um it's just cringy it just bugs me like those those are tropes I hate in romance novels no matter if they're adults like smutty romance novels or teen mm-hmm. cute fluffy romance novels those are things that really bug me because i don't think they're realistic like i don't think they're realistic foundations for a, a long-lasting relationship in the real world and so it bugs me when they're in books and then they're like and everything's fine and i'm like is it i legitimately only know one couple in my entire life and i know some people that they both cheated on their respective relationships, like long-term relationships with each other. And they're, they're still married. They've been married for a while. I think like five or six years. And that's the only one ever that I know of where that worked out. Okay. I know one where like there have been marriages, but I think marriage is different than some other relationships. I do know of like one marriage that where somebody cheated and then they stayed together but and I can't judge a relationship based on that. You know, that's sure. their relationship. I'm, it's just yeah. hard for me. Like that's right. Exactly. I don't I don't have any interest in like 
analyzing other people's relationships for like right or wrong or right stability because it's not my fucking business yeah but, like i don't think i could be part of that like if it was me in the relationship yeah i couldn't do that i couldn't be in a love triangle and then like still date the person i couldn't like be part of some somebody cheating in some capacity and still feel the same so mm-hmm. um those things scare me and and books in general so i will we'll see how i feel in the end um off sometimes it is the characters are great enough that i get over it um there have definitely been books where i'm like well yeah that sucked but i still love them and i still love them together well and that's true that's how this works they do that in movies too where they're like they make the ex be so horrible that like they make it like uh waitress have you ever seen the movie waitress no or the musical no Mm-mm. well long story short her husband is like super awful and controlling and she starts having a an affair with her baby doctor um because she's pregnant um and you like are rooting for that relationship and it ends up going out really well because they end up not together which is of course one of the reasons i love it she breaks up with her husband right but she doesn't like run away to the doctor she like right is a single mom and then starts her own business and whatever but um it you like find yourself rooting for the cheating couple because the original guy is so bad like sure, they make yeah. you dislike him or they bring up some disgusting trait or some I feel like yeah uh, like oh. it's justified ow it's like, that is the third time i have moved my hand or my elbow and i've whacked it on a bookshelf and i need to change my fucking positioning in this new recording space i'm in oh jesus gosh. ow it's a similar thing to um um, Little Shop of Horrors. Oh yeah, which you have seen, right? Yeah, duh. Who have, who do I know who hasn't seen that? And Honey, I, I was about to be amazing. like suddenly Seymour. I know, but somebody I know who is it? Somebody I know hasn't seen that, and it's like flabbergasting. Anyway, it might be Seth. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> like Audrey and her whole thing. Like that, yeah, like the guy is so terrible to her. Right, that you're like Seymour. Same trope. One. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, we should probably, we should probably do our thing. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Have you seen, real quick, we'll get into our questions real quick, but there is this amazing performance before this whole quarantine shit happened. They cast a transgender woman as Audrey. And oh, really? That's yes. awesome. And then this, uh, oh my gosh, I don't know the actor's name, but he plays Michael in the, in the Be Chill musical and sings Michael in the bathroom. I don't remember his name and he's Seymour and he's like a rounder um, Hispanic man. And it's the best, one of the best renditions of suddenly Seymour I've ever seen in my life. It's so good. Oh, I do think I've seen that now that you're saying that. Was it just like a video of them singing the song? Yeah, it was like on late night. Yeah, that sounds really familiar. Yeah, it was really good. Anyway, yes, let's go to our questions now. Um, (laughs) Now that we're done rambling. We warned you it was going to be a tangent (laughs) episode. Sorry. Um, Sorry, not sorry. But so here on Novel Predictions, we have a series of questions that are not going to fit this book, but we're going to do our best, um, that guide our uh, first-time reader through the process of their predictions. Um, And that's how we gauge how horribly they'll do. Yeah. our first question that we always begin with, which seems pretty obvious, um, is going to be, does the main character fall in love? I've been watching too much Parks and Rec, and we're at an episode where they're like on the, the public radio. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, she falls in love. With who? With Etienne Sinclair. Saint Clair. Oh my gosh, if you're listening to it, 
the British accent. I know it's a female, but I'm just like, oh, right. It's still pretty It's nice, still yeah. pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, with him, I think... I mean, obviously, there will be complications along the way. That's the point of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they will eventually fall in love and be each other's persons. Nice. What tropes do you think you'll see? Okay. So we're going to have like a... I want a running list. You want to just like yeah. tick them off? Here we go. I literally have my fingers up to count them off. Do it. Let's um, go. Um, there's going to be like a love triangle situation. Okay. There will be... He will cheat on his girlfriend. Like, it's probably going to be one of those things where he, like, kisses her, and then he's like, oh, my God, like, what have I done? And then he goes and breaks up with his girlfriend, but she doesn't realize he's going to break up with his girlfriend, and she thinks he's abandoning her. Oh, yes. And then he comes back, and he's like, no, I was breaking up with my girlfriend because I want to be with you. Yes. So anyway, <laughs> that trope. <laughs> I like it. Um, The, like, I can't believe my parents made me go to a new school my senior year trope. Yep is hardcore happening um the shy slash nerdy inclusive person like in this you know beautiful foreign city um gonna be guided around by the guys they fall in love while they're like exploring the streets of paris fair um the group of friends is a comically like stereotypically artsy yes um so that's fun so like these kind of wackadoodle side characters i love the side characters in all of these books they're some of my favorites <laughs> um i think that there's gonna be a like ex-boyfriend comes to visit okay or or she's gonna like start for real dating what whatever this guy's name is the guy from the movie theater what's his name toth toth terrible name she's gonna start like long distance dating him and Mm -hmm. he's gonna come visit her but that's gonna blow break bad yeah um anymore maybe that's all that's all i can think of right now i mean it's a lot (laughs) yeah it is it's a lot but i can't think of anything else that's like we have absent parents glaring oh yeah absent parents boarding school yep um send off and then i will also just throw out there diverse side characters yeah well i mean all her friends most of them are of color and they're all the side people okay i didn't get the like distinct impression that they were of people of color um but i was listening to it and so maybe i wasn't paying attention i know at least one of them is from india and someone else is from someone's mixed i don't know whatever okay well, I mean, great. I'm glad. That no, it's awesome. Two, I just... 2010 I, gave us, like... I just I just distinctly remember that when I read this book. I was like, look how diverse this book is. <laughs> it's like, oh, God. The side characters are not white. How I great. I know. We, we're, we've come a long way. We've come a long way. Um, Great. So, next question. Who is the mentor? Is there a mentor? And if so, who? See, this one, I don't... I think, like, St. Clair is going to be kind of a mentor, and he's going to, like, drag her out and, like, make her experience life. Manic pixie dream girl style. Yeah, like, that kind of mentor of, like, look, things are happening. Like, let's dance in the rain kind of, like, thing. Which is actually really shitty. 
Yeah. Oh, terrible. I've done it before. It's terrible. I don't. Kissing in the rain is shit. Yeah. Also, because it's just all in your eyeballs. Like, oh. literally. Especially with tall men, because then their hair, get, the <laughs> rain catches on their hair, and then the rain from their hair drops into your eyes. And what is romantic about that? Nothing. Nothing. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> Anyway, um, so, but then I also think maybe, or I guess I hope that she also has, like, a female role model. Yeah. Um, Maybe one of the teachers who's, there's, like, that one teacher who's very, like, Robin Williams and Dead Poet Society feeling (laughs) um, already. Love it. She's like, the janitorial staff didn't listen to me again, so y'all know what to do. Like, rearrange the desks or whatever. So, um, so maybe We're going to sit in a circle. Right. It's like, why don't you talk about your feelings? Yeah. Um, yeah. So prob- maybe her. Maybe she'll be like a mentor for, for Anna. Okay. I'm reaching, but I want there to be an adult female mentor. I like the idea. Um, I, I'm going to slide in a different question here. How do you think Anna's film critic movie desires are going to play into this story? Oh, I like kind of forgot. Let's see. Um, right. So like her whole, she wants to be... The, like, female quintessential film critic. Right, a critic. Okay. Yeah, and she's got her website. Yeah, she's got her blog. and blogs. I don't know. I mean, it seems likely that that will have some impact on this story, but I don't know how, because it's not, like, connected to anything. The only thing film is connected to right now is her father's movies. Right. It could be a... I'm equating this to so many other fucking things right now but it could be a like pitch perfect situation you've seen pitch perfect right yes all three of them okay good um i was like we need we have to rectify this immediately if you haven't seen <laughs> we're gonna stop the podcast <laughs> stop the podcast we have to go watch all three pitch perfect movies um where they're like you know how um she's very like esoteric about music and she's yeah. all like Whatever, and that, that's kind of, like, what draws – that's partially what draws Jesse to her yeah. like, in that movie. And they, like, watch the movie together. And he's, like, a big film buff, buff in, yeah. like, in the same way. But, you know, so maybe that's kind of how she and St. Clara will bond Can- is, like, over movies or over, like, cinematography or something. Great. Yeah. Who's the villain? Oh, God. Or antagonist in this, like, who's going to stop them from being together? Other than hijinks and miscommunication. <laughs> well, so And we a language barrier. We ha- Well, there's no language barrier. He's from America. And it was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, we haven't met the girlfriend yet. Um, no, because she's a year older than them. Right. She's in college. So in the real world, what would happen is the girlfriend would dump this kid immediately because she's in yes. college now um hey don't 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 judge a college girl dating a high school guy i know but i'm just saying like <laughs> that is the i that is the most likely scenario yes in- to be fair i did not i did not date my same high school boyfriend i dated a high school boy in college <laughs> so it was not a good idea i don't advise it for anybody yeah um, it was a terrible life choice so i feel like i mean obviously she's a problem i don't know if she's the villain like she's you don't think she's gonna like come in like burlesque style like diana argon (laughs) does and is like you bitch this we're still we're engaged i'm spending i've been in california even though you've been sleeping together 
No, I don't. I don't think so. Because, I mean, okay. <clears throat> I think the reality is if they break up, she's fine. Girlfriend's in college. There's men, like... And she's you know. in France in college. Right. And she's like in some crazy. Isn't she? Is she in film school? What is she doing? She's doing she's like some art photography. She's, yeah. She's like, it's like at the Sorbonne type something. <laughs> she's yeah. like, so at, she's like, she's got like artsy boys all over. She's yeah. going to be fine. I, so I don't think that she's going to be like a direct antagonist. She's just in the way right now. Yeah. Um, I'm scared that um, the volleyball friend. Meredith. Meredith will like. Yeah, be a pro- like be more antagonistic um, whenever she realizes that there's something going on between Anna and St. Clair. That's fair. Um, there might there's like one super bitchy girl in the school already, <laughs> um, like Mean Girls. Yeah, style she's bitchy. there. So like she could be something, but I also don't know that she is really that involved, other than just being the school bitch. Yeah. Who's gonna die? I don't think anyone's going to die. Cool. We're just going to move right past that one. (laughs) You get a free point. It's like the center of a bingo square. Um, All right. What's the twist? Oh, God. This is where, like, normally I would go off on a fucking rant, but. That's okay. I just think it's, like, a fairly simple story. So here's what I think is going to happen. Anna's in Paris. This boy is very fucking cute. Sorry. Like, yeah, you like where I started with the very basic. Yes. <laughs> this boy is super fucking cute. He wants to like take her out and like show her the world. I Aladdin can show. Style. Yep. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> um, and they are gonna do that, and then they're gonna like have feelings for each other, and then she's gonna. The girlfriend is gonna like a reappear, right? So Anna's gonna fall for this guy, yeah. but not not in a acknowledged way. They're not dating; they're just friends. But she's fallen for him hard, hard. The girlfriend's gonna show up, and Saint Clair is gonna be with his girlfriend because that's what you should do when you have a girlfriend. And Anna's gonna get all sad, and she's gonna be like, "You know what? I'm actually not engaging in this. I'm gonna like rekindle my relationship with Toph." So then she's going to start actually dating Toph long distance. But under while that's happening, all this stuff is going on. St. Clair and she are still in school together. They still see each other all the time. Like those feelings don't go away. Right. Um, and I think like for prom or something, which they said they didn't have prom, but like there's got to be some event, right? Some big to do. Yeah. Um, and I think Toph is going to like come to Paris as a surprise. Like, he's going to try to surprise her by mm-hmm. coming to see her, and it's going to fucking ruin something that was going to happen with St. Clair. St. Clair's going to be like, I broke up with What's-Her-Name, and we should be together, and I love you. And then Toph's going to show up and be like, hi, I'm here now. <laughs> um, so she's going to have to deal with that. So that will be another, like, dip in the re- the romantic, like, yeah trajectory. Um, And eventually she will kicked off to the curb because he's he ain't shit and then get with the hero but i don't really know how any of that has to do with her family or her film critiquing but that's Um, your plot but that's the basic plot those things might come in as like b plots but that's this is a romance so that's the romantic plot um great 
Mm. Why is the story from Anna's perspective? Why is she important? Um, this should be easy. The new girl. There it is. Yep. That's. I was <laughs> I like, was like, this is about, this was given. Well, I was thinking about. It, I was like, maybe something with her dad. And I was like, no, it's not that complicated. She's just the new girl. She's like, just the new one. The new toy. In the in the class of twenty five like students. Yeah. Graduating class. So mm-hmm. it's very Hogwarts. It's very very Hogwarts. Not well, a lot of people to pick from. Nope. Um. What other stories does this remind you of? You mentioned all the to all the boys I loved before. Yeah, it definitely reminds me of to all the boys I loved before. Um, it reminds me of like kind of a general rom com like plot, like mm-hmm. not not a specific one, but like that is where I see this going. Um, I also mentioned like a little bit of a mean girl vibe from like the school, like where they're in high school and yeah, there's shitty people there and whatever. Um, what was the, oh, Nick and Nora's infinite playlist a little bit. I've never read that. Um, I both read it and saw the movie and it's very, it's very like, it's, it's over just one night and they have like this epic manic pixie adventure kind of thing going on kind of like the uh, the sun is no 500 days of summer no the sun is also a star no the fuck what is the one nicola yoon's book um 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 oh it is the sun uh, the sun it i was right i was thinking of i'll give you the sun but it is the sun is also a star it takes place over 24 hours yeah i haven't read that one so i can't oh. tell you okay never mind then <laughs> but probably yes um it's also reminds me of like Sarah Dezen, like oh yeah, a little bit, but maybe less thought, sad. Yeah, I was gonna say I always thought Sarah Dezen's books were really sad, which is why I never read them. They were like the t- tween teen Nicholas Sparks, and I was just like, no thanks. They are kind of sad, and I read I de- there was a period in my life where I read a lot of them, um, but it kind of reminds me of that just like in that you know that vein, and the like very instant attraction that's going on, mm-hmm. and like kind of an instant relationship that's forming um and again it kind of reminds me of pitch perfect a little bit i like that i like both of those analyses yeah. those comparisons well like i said i wanted to give you something happy something rom com it is a little older but i i think it'll hold up that's my hope um and you know i'm just really i'm excited to reread it i'm excited to read something happy especially because my reading list is not really dictated by myself right now it's right. dictated by whatever events are happening yeah which is fine um i have to read a thriller mystery by thursday so (laughs) you know i i'm just excited to have some control over what i'm reading um for this month and the next month i'll just be completely fucked yeah great um (laughs) well maybe i'll I'll pick try to pick something fun i would think so because we're most likely at this rate the world is going we're still gonna be in quarantine in may um for sure yeah so I would love it if you could pick something fun. But and I think yeah. our I think our listeners would too. And our listeners, thank you so much for listening. Uh we would love it. You we know that you have a lot of time right now. I'm gonna steal this <laughs> this tagline from uh one of my favorite podcasts. They were like, We know you have a lot of time. Like, we know that you're bored out of your fucking mind. So just take thirty seconds of that time and go give us a review. Like it really does not take that long. We appreciate it. It helps us out a lot. There's so many podcasts. We were just talking about it earlier before we start hit record. We really appreciate you guys taking the time and listening to us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and thank you for reading with us. You can join our Goodreads group where we're uh, reading the book along. It's our Goodreads book club group. 
you can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Novel Prediction, uh, where we post and, you know, share your own predictions. Talk to other readers who are reading this book. You can be like, oh, my gosh, I read that, you know, 10 years ago and it was so cute. And then you can be like, oh, my God, I would never pick up this book in a million years or whatever your answer is. We don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Engage with us. Spend some time um, giving us a review. That would be super nice of you. Um, and we're happy to be back to normal schedule after March kind of got thrown off the rails by pandemic craziness. Yeah. Go fucking figure. <laughs> yeah. We're all stuck in our homes. I'm glad we can do this project from our homes. Me too. We've been um, really creative at what we're doing. That's a, that's a thing. I'd be really interested in how you guys are like creatively spending your time. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like we figured out different board games that we can all play remotely, um, with our, with our group that we play games with, or, you know, we've been, um, Seth and I have been, um, knocking down our own board game list of like, do we really need to keep all of these, (laughs) you know, and I've been working on cross stitch and, um, Allison's going to do story time and like, there's all these things. So we would just, I don't know. I'm curious to see how other people are spending their time. Yeah. Let us know. Let us know what you're doing in quarantine. So you feel less alone and we feel less alone. Seth's uncle's read 603 books already. What? Yeah. In quarantine? Yeah. Well, since the beginning of the year. Oh, I was like, what the fuck? Oh, kids books. No. Romance novels on her Kindle. She fucking speed reads. It's ridiculous. Who did you say did this? Seth's aunt. Oh, I thought, okay. I thought you said Seth's uncle, and I was like, that's I meant, really cool. Sorry, my bad. Surprising. My bad. I Yes, because it was Seth's uncle that told us about his wife. Who, I see, okay. That's, my head was the Facebook post. Get it, girl. Yeah. I'm going to go make a hot chocolate and Bailey's because it's snowing and watch it's snowing it's terrible guys i know I my plants i literally okay so i have plants <laughs> out back and we were so scared for them because we have like a little greenhouse cover yeah we can put plastic over these little hoops but we were scared that it wasn't going to be good enough so we literally put a blanket on top of them there's a blanket Aww. on my on my zucchini and my beans (laughs) (laughs) and then the plastics over them so i'm really like fingers crossed hopefully that they're not dead yeah it hasn't stopped snowing for two days now and i just want it to stop because it was so hard to be motivated to do anything today so i'm glad we got this podcast recorded yes and i just thank you guys again for your listening for your reviews and stay safe wash your hands don't touch your face all that other advice that you're getting probably not listening to i'm kidding most people are um although all the memes about how like we're being graded on a group project or this is like the one kid who's like messing around in line so we don't get the pizza party is like so true (laughs) um but thank you guys again um i'm kales and i'm allison keep making novel predictions Bye. bye we did it right 